Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a man who's just done a big fart and is aware that Nick Frost is going to have to stand around in it for five minutes and he's hoping he's not going to waft it through the curtain with him. It's Richard Herring! Thank you. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. This will be started. There's no preamble. This is the podcast. No messing around. This is it. This is Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, or as all the cool kids are calling it, Rehearlestepur. There's a lot of cool kids in today. I'm amazed I managed to d- remember that. I hadn't even written it down. So it's, it's starting to stick. Uh, though someone did come up with one that spelt Rehypnol. Uh, can't remember what it was. I'm trying to do one that... It'd be good if I just come back accidentally one that's rhythm, wouldn't it? That would be nice if it's rhythm. Be too good. Uh, so, uh, yes, it's been a two-week hiatus, so I uh, hope you've uh, not been missing us too much. Uh, I, I didn't enjoy the Queen's Golden Jubilee. I thought it went on too long myself. I don't know about anyone else. Uh, a, we weren't able to do this because of the bloody fucking Queen thinking she's it, 60 years on the throne. I only saw about five minutes on the Tuesday. I just thought it's gone on a bit too long. And the BBC were very obsequious, I thought. I, d- I didn't like the, the fact that they were sort of going... All the questions were, why do you think this is the most brilliant party in history? 
what is it that makes it so fantastic? It would just be good if just for a little balance, someone just said it's not that good. Everyone's singing out of tune, especially those small children. Someone should have, <laughs> someone should have punched them in the face. Uh, <laughs> don't you realise how important this is? This is the Queen. Send her to the Tower. Should have done. They could have had that. They could have had them under the stairs like Richard II. Um, I think I've got that right. I'm sure someone will tell me if I haven't got... Who, who the, the princes Richard and Edward were killed by Richard II. Is that correct, Wikipedia audience? Yeah. Richard III. Damn, Richard II was, of course, he was the one with the lollards, wasn't he? Uh, boy King, wasn't he? He had old Watt Tyler had his head cut off, didn't he? Hey, Who's with me? <laughs> On my 13th century history. It might not be the 13th century. I studied this, but I've got a degree in this. And that's the only thing I fucking learnt about was Richard II and the Lollards. And I'm not convinced any of that is true. Anyway, um, in very exciting news, um, penguins in 20th century penguins are in the news from the early 20th century. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, uh, that uh, one of the uh, guys who was on the the polar expedition with uh, Captain Scott, uh, George Murray Levick... um, well, he was there to look at penguins. It was, it was like an early... It was the March of the Penguins, the first film they did of that, except they're not quite as, uh, as nice as, uh, as they make out in that film because he's, he witnessed them doing de- depraved sexual acts of hooligan... Uh, they basically were raping dead penguins, and uh, the pe- that's what penguins do. And, uh, uh, and he, was very, he thought they were depraved, these penguins, because they were having homosexual sex and raping dead penguins but i'm not sure you can judge penguins by the human moral yardstick i'm not he, he seemed he wouldn't repeat he didn't report on this it's just come out because it was too sensitive it turns out that penguins is just the position of the dead penguins the penguins because they're bir- they look like little men walking around like that in suit in dinner suits but they're birds they're not human beings so to them they're not re- they're not ha- they're being necrophilias filiac penguins they are uh, they're just having sex with what looks like a, a willing mate. Uh, but uh, we may talk more about this later. But it's uh, what I quite like in, in it is the the, um, uh, the the this this thing was pu- published in a book that was wasn't allowed to be. Only a hundred copies were made, and it said this must never be made public. What penguins are doing? It would be too shocking for the Edwardians. Uh, but it's now out thanks to Douglas Russell, who's curator of eggs and nests at the Natural History Museum, which is my favourite job title ever. Do you think? <laughs> I think when he heard, he'd got that. Yes, I'm the curator of eggs and nests. And I wonder if there's a curator of eggs and a curator of nests, and he's just so good, he's doing both of them. Or, or do you just more automatically become... If you're one, that's just... You're doing eggs, you also get nests. That's part of the job. So I... <laughs> yes, I'm the curator. Has anyone ever met a curator of eggs and nests here? Has that ever got any... You've met... It's your job. It used to be your job. It seems unlikely. Are you lying just to get... You've got Munch, a very mild form of Munchausen syndrome. <laughs> I've got a way of getting the... What's your name? Karen. Karen. Where are you? I, yeah, I'm just sensing you're not from the United Kingdom. You're very perceptive. I am. I'm like Henry Higgins. <laughs> I'm sensing somewhere abroad. <laughs> that, would, would that be right? Where, whereabouts were you the creator of... Were you the creator of eggs and nests, Karen? Or, yeah. Yeah. You had to catalogue them. What was your favourite nest? You, I mean, eggs, everyone likes them, but it's the nests. Which bird makes the most exquisite nest, in your opinion? They're all the same. They're all the same. <laughs> Is this why you no longer work as a curator? <laughs> just chucked them all in a big skip. Yeah, they're all the f- it's just a lot of fucking twigs. <laughs> 
What are the chances of, of that happening? I, I'm not convinced she is a curator of eggs and nests. I'm going to I'm going to Google you and find out. Uh, the Natural History Museum. Small town museum, yeah, all the fucking Canadian small town museum in Canada. Yeah, all the Canada birds have the same nest. Here in the United Kingdom, birds have very different kinds of nests. So you're belittling Douglas Russell. I bet he hasn't been mocked very often, Douglas Russell, in front of what will be an audience of probably 30,000 people will hear Douglas Russell being dissed. I hope this gets back to him. Someone up from the Natural History Museum will be listening. And yeah, Richard Herring took you down. <laughs> There'll be other people curating other better things than nests. I do eggs as well. Yes, I said egg. And talking of that, that's a neat link uh, into... Uh, I was on Twitter and, and Amy Pond, who you know I wanted to marry, the actress who plays her, not so interested in, but she is... You kind of need them both together. But uh, Karen Gillan was saying how much she tweeted an egg pun and said how much she liked egg puns. And I just thought, if only she'd seen Histor's eye, Leon Herring's Histor eye which was entirely that, that's all it was, was really terrible egg puns. I could have been married to her instead of my bloody wife. <laughs> uh, and uh, another news, uh, Cameron, uh, David Cameron, who is the Prime Minister. Did you, did you know that? I thought it was still Tony Blair's. But uh, it's unbelievable. He's, he left his daughter in a pub for 15 minutes on her own. Hey, he's taking his daughter, she's 10, he take, took her down the pub, which I think is a bit irresponsible, uh, but he left her there and they all left, him and his secret service people and his wife and the rest of his family, they left her in a pub. But I think it shows weakness that he went, when he realised she was gone, that he went back to get her. I think I, I'd, have, I'd have respected him a lot more. He said, she is in the pub now that she is gone, I will not, I've done too many U-turns this month. We just have to accept that Nancy, I think she's called, Named after the prostitute in Oliver Twist, I'm guessing. That is what I'm guessing. High aspirations for a Prime Minister's daughter. She's got a lot to live up to. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think we might... I might, you know, just get on with uh, the podcast. Because I think you're warmed up. I was going to talk to some of the nerds in the front, but, you know, maybe we'll save that for the, the next... It's, there's such a... It's hard to choose which one. It's like a smorgasbord bloke on the end, a little bit cooler than the rest. What's your name? Daniel, did you deliberately pick all these blokes so you would just look sexually attractive to me? Because I tell you, next to this lot, you look like fucking Brad Pitt. If you were out on your own, no one would give you a second look. You stand next to look, look next to him, this freak of nature you're next to. What's, what's your name? Jack, yeah. What, what do you do for a living? Have you ever curated any? No? Have you created anything in your life, would you say? Trouble. Curated trouble. Ooh. Maybe he is the sexy one after all, eh, ladies? There's a couple of ladies on the back. There's quite a few ladies in a row there. Who, who do you prefer, Jack or the one whose name I've forgotten? He looks like he would want, wishes he was in Pirates of the Caribbean. But <laughs> he aspires to be Mackenzie Crook. I think that's as far as... That's as far as... Goes, I'm not going to be Orlando Bloom. Come on, let's face it, that's never... Maybe I could be the bloke from the office looking a bit sexier than he usually looks. Uh, Taking everyone down today, taking no prisoners, am I? Well, look, we're going, I'm going <laughs> to get on with the podcast because we've got two to do today. Uh, later on, uh, we uh, will be, I'll be interviewing David Badiel, as my dad calls him, and um, <laughs> finding out if my dad is correct about that. But for the moment, I'll be calling him that. That will be a d- separate podcast for you at home. You'll have a chance to win loads of prizes that people here in the audience should come along and watch. It's fantastic. The next two are all sold out. Uh, the, uh, Nick has provided like DVDs and film posters and there's a, that all important where did it all go right audio book is there as well 
and uh, some chalk used by me one and me two in a video podcast of uh, me one versus me two snooker the popular iTunes podcast <laughs> you can listen. New, there's a new episode out for you at home, but that's for an extra for, for at home. Uh, and I've forgotten to bring Elliot Lyons' book of uh, Ments of Genius along, so I know a lot of you will be upset, yeah. I know a lot of you just come in the hope of winning that, but I might take the address of the winner and post them that, because I've got quite a lot. But anyway, we've built him up enough, uh, so <laughs> we haven't built him up at all. It's, uh, it's very rare that I get a, uh, a film star. I've got like a proper movie star. I'm a bit in awe. It's, I don't know, what to, don't know which way to look. Uh, you may remember him from Man Strokes Woman. <laughs> you may, he played, according to Wikipedia, he, play, he was in Casualty before he was an actor. Uh, playing, playing the character Fatso. If I, if that was on, he wasn't. If that was on my Wikipedia page, I'd take that right off. I edit mine. Nick Frost is too cool to edit in his own Wikipedia page and allows these things to stand. Will you please welcome the incredible Nick Frost, ladies and gentlemen? Here he comes, coming through. There he is. Which one's Hi. the um, Mackenzie Crook one? That one. Yeah, look at yeah. him, Mackenzie Crook. Quite good looking there. Look at the look at the rag bag of nerds. Like you them. must be used to this. You've probably gone to a lot of sci-fi. Oh, and... these are these are nothing compared to the ones I used to get. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you a question. I'm sure you've been asked many times before, but let's get the obvious ones out of the way first of all. Do you think you can judge a penguin by a human moral yardstick? <laughs> no. no. I, I was listening backstage, and I, yeah. and I thought, is it rape if it's dead? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I'm asking. I'm not. I don't know if it works like that. Well, I mean, they can't give consent, but I don't yeah, think. But they can't not give consent. Well, they're also they're a penguin and thus unable to give any kind of consent anyway. They don't have that. It's a different. You can't have rape in the animal kingdom. This has always been my excuse, because an animal cannot consent. Can it? An animal is incapable. Sometimes they make noises a, that a sound parrot. like they're consenting. Maybe a parrot could. <laughs> it would only be aping what literally yeah literally aping in some states that's probably say. enough <laughs> it is legally so if you can teach a parrot to say yes lick, lick my cloaca <laughs> then, then you're allowed to do it. well that's good so yeah, I, I, see, I'm, I feel sorry for the penguins because they have been held up in this moral way by, have you ever seen March of the Penguins, the film March? No, I haven't. No, it's not worth it. No. It's a load of penguins, and they aren't even raping dead penguins in it. Yeah. If you had that in it, I'd be watching it. They're just sitting I'd on eggs. I'd hear Morgan Freeman yeah. commentating on that. <laughs> it would be good. Well, we got that question out of the way, and there'll be more that questions sounded, like that. Sorry, that sounded like an impressionist about to crowbar an impressionist. <laughs> I wonder what Morgan Freeman would Go think on, about that. No, uh, uh, I don't think I could. Yeah, hang on. Uh, and then the penguin rapes the other penguin. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know. That would sound like that. <laughs> it's good. We always kick off with this. Somehow, it always the first question turns to that was a perfectly good moral question, a philosophical question about the morality of birds, and it's turned in. To a dis- already turned into a disgusting avenue to go down. So uh, I've been reading up on you today. I'm a big fan of can much I, of your work. Can I do what you've done? Yeah, Thank you can you. take it out. Yeah, because I'm only done mine because mine's my uh, thing's gone floppy. Okay, I think <laughs> slightly less formal like this. It's, yeah, that's all right. We, we can get we can put those away. Get rid of those. We can see yeah, each other. It. It's lovely. I often get I should say I often get mistaken for you in the street. I don't know if this happens in the other way round to you. No. A lot of people think <laughs> I usually get mistaken for Rick Waller. <laughs> <laughs> But often people think I'm you. Uh, I, if I ever get an acting role, which doesn't happen very often, 
I always assume because I've offered it to you first. As well, you, know. you did have long hair, yeah, as well, yeah. Well, I think we look quite similar at that point. But uh, I don't know, but do you ever, does anyone ever say to you, we tried to get Richard Herring for this part, uh, for this movie, but then we he just wasn't, like, he wasn't, wasn't available. He was touring. So he was he in wanted... Andover touring. So well, there used to be it. another actor called Nick Frost. Oh, and, my God. And he'd turn up at castings and the director would go, oh. And he'd say, oh, you wanted the other one, right? Uh, and they'd let him do his casting and then he'd never get it. But I got a note from his agent, well, my agent got a note from his agent saying, um, you'll be pleased to know that Nick Frost has now stopped acting. Because so, <laughs> he's, so he's you killed can, himself. You can keep the name. <laughs> there was a name, a name wrangle at one point. He's uh, dead. Inequity. He died he in the garret. He was raped to death by a penguin. <laughs> and uh, he's not going to be acting anymore. Well, I'm glad that it's just you now on the Nick... Nick Frost, that's quite a popular name. I guess Stuart Lee, there was another Stuart Lee when Stuart... Because they, they were quite strict about it when Equity started out. Yeah. And uh, Stuart Lee, but he'd been working for a while as a stand-up, and he just said, I'm not changing my name. And they said, you have to. He said, I'm not going to. Yeah. And then he went... All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so it turned out to be quite easy to get to get around that. He didn't have to. Put David a, Williams changed his name, didn't he? Yeah, he was. He is Williams, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. So, yeah. so people put in stupid little Michael J. Fox. I presume there was a it's Michael L. Fox. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Who I often get mistaken for as well. I don't. Might, I'm in the middle by Japanese people, though. When I was younger, I have to admit. Uh, <laughs> so if things things keep going, no, I won't go down that route so early. In the podcast, you can imagine where, where I was going to go. I'm not going to go there. So, uh, yeah, I'm getting booed. For, 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 I got hissed by someone for not doing the joke I was going to do. <laughs> you should be cheering me for not doing the Parkinson's material. Not hissing me. I thought of it, and then I said, I'm not going to do it. I was a big man. I was a moral man. Don't hiss, hiss me for that. How dare you? Sorry, I've turned, I've turned quite... You should do it now. Just do do it. Many of, have you been in many interviews where this, where this happened? Well, I've done it now. That was it. Was I hadn't really thought of something, and now I've got older. All right, it was. Now I'm old. It looks like I have Parkinson's disease, so people do think I look like you. (laughs) You fucking you animal. (laughs) Nick, turn around a bit, please. Oh, hello. (laughs) How's that? Is that better? I will. Nick, I, there's men who've come here to see you, <laughs> and they, they don't want to be here to see the side of your face. I'm sorry that my back was turned to you. It was very rude. It was. Cocky. <laughs> He's an actor, so he will just do what you tell him. That's how it is. <laughs> yes. Nick, just Pavlovian. What yes. lens are we using? Uh, uh, <laughs> it was funny there, the people at home, because Nick turned to put his back further to the person. <laughs> A little director's commentary for the people at home. It's not as good, you see. Someone's saying to me, why would I pay to come and see this when I can listen to it for free? That's, that's why! <laughs> a, I can take the piss out of you, and B, that moments like that which will never translate. You couldn't write that. You could not write it. You, you, you wouldn't write it. write it, and you couldn't. You couldn't, you couldn't write it. I am, I'm kind of... I'm, I'm, with this series, I'm interviewing a lot of people who are much more successful than me and, and sort of riding on their coattails to get... An almost half full Leicester Square Theatre. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm interested to see where I went wrong and everyone else went right. And, and what was the big break. And your career is, like, astonishing how it kind of came together. It's sort of like, like an just, accidental... Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I think I'm just very lucky and it just happened. And I didn't care that much uh, in terms of... I never wanted to do anything. You know, I was 29, I was a waiter, and I liked being a waiter, and that was all right for me. Yeah. I, I was happy with that. And then, you know, I did Spaced, and even after that, even, even like a week before we started shooting Spaced, I thought, nah, it never happened. 
it would never happen <laughs> and it, you know it, it happened and I went back to waitering after yeah. the first series and I just I, I've always had a thing inside me that <clears throat> that says it'll be alright no matter what you do you, you, you'll be alright yeah. you know so what, what happened? You were working in the Me- Chiquita, Chiquita, Chiquitos, Mexican Chiquitos. bar and cantina. Yeah, yeah. I think I've been there. In Staples think, Corner. Oh, I don't think it was... Say, there, oh, there are different ones. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's one in Staples Corner. There's yeah. one in Leicester Square. Okay, well, I think Cripps I'm... Causeway, uh, you know, Bournemouth. I could yeah. go on. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you now own the restaurant? We can, uh, I own we'll I've got two franchises. <laughs> and you were, you were... Well, you'd been away in kibbutzes and stuff. We might talk about yeah. that later, but... Um, uh, we've jumped ahead. And you met Simon Pegg via your girlfriend, his girlfriend? His girlfriend, yeah. She worked as a waitress and me and her got on really well and she told me he was a stand-up and I was like the funniest waiter and we kind of met. <laughs> you know, he said... Was maybe that should... nationally, nationally... I was been, nationally known nationally as the, the funniest, funniest waiter <laughs> at <Inchiquitos>. <laughs> <laughs> Um Could you... Sp- I read, again, none of these things may be lies because they're on Wikipedia... You could you spin the most trays uh, that any waiter in Chiquitos could do? Yeah. 13 trays. 13. How could you spin 13 trays? Um, you what got to have a big, big, strong finger. Yeah. A. What are they just on piled on top of each other? Yeah. It's so not like 13 on different parts. On different. <laughs> I was imagining. One on each yeah, finger. Just elbows with a tray. So you've got 13 trays piled yeah. up on top of it's each about, other. It's about. Yeah. That much trays. Yeah, that's good for people at home. Yeah. Uh, I tell you, if you're at home, get 13 trays, put them on top of each other. It's that many trays. Uh, yeah, and you just spin them, and then people would say, God, that's a lot of trays. Do you want to come to Hollywood and be in my film? That's, right. that's more or less what happened. Well, right? that's how I got my part in the tray spinners. That's the, <laughs> that was my big break. <laughs> um, so, wait, you, you kind of bonded with Simon over what? Well, basically, I mean, you basically spent you know, your youth and your 20s bumming around doing nothing and watching TV yeah. which many people would think was a bad start to a career yeah. but for you it turned out to be quite a good way of yeah it was perfect because you bonded well, I, left, start, I left home start. really early then I went away and I went to live in Israel when I was 18 and I was there for like a, almost two years like right. 16 months and uh, yeah I came back and started working at Chiquillos and, and, um, and met Simon and yeah. you know, that was it just we just clicked. He did that noise uh, of a Star Wars mouse droid. And See, I never... wouldn't know what that was. So if I'd met him, I'd have been just That's immediately banged. This is why. This yeah. is, you know. So what is the noise, just in case <clears throat> I meet him? And then Chewbacca goes... It scares, it scares it off. And I'd never heard anyone do that noise before. No. And it, it meant something to me. You know, it was a secret language and... <laughs> You know. But you kind of basically ended up living together, sleeping together. Yeah, we did, yeah. Uh, same, a single bed for nine yeah. months. Uh, That's it, all it takes. And it didn't... <laughs> and it didn't it feel weird. weird. It, felt all, it felt nice, you know. Yeah. It never, I never once thought, oh, this could, this could go off and we could end up... Yeah. You know. Well, he never died, did he? That's the thing. If he died, <laughs> you'd have been raping. Oh, I would have been all over that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now he's dead. I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> I mean, he's going to die eventually, yeah, so who knows? <laughs> We're still friends at this I point. I hope at the funeral he'll be there. Open casket. <laughs> <laughs> it's what he would have wanted. It doesn't matter. He's dead anyway. What is he going to do about it? Uh, so you bonded on that, and then you did stand-up as well for very yeah, briefly. Yeah, I did ten gigs. Uh, five were amazing. I yeah. thought, 
you know, this could, I could do this, and five were the shittest points of my life, the lowest points of my life. They are, but that's what, how it is when you start, I think. Yeah, when, you know, I wasn't I good. Do... I wasn't, you know, I didn't really... I wasn't myself. I was trying to be a kind of persona in it. Yeah. Once I got heckled, then I forgot where I was, and then you stood there, and you hear the blood rushing through your ears, and... You know, it wasn't it wasn't for me at that point. No, but you did a gig because I had a similar gig. I read you did a gig at the Bearcat. I did, yeah. Yeah, it which was, is a which is a bit of a bear pit in Twickenham. Yeah, it was the day Lady Diana passed away. Right, <laughs> and uh, I did some stupid. I can't even remember some. You know, I thought I'd be a bit radical by yeah. saying the wrong thing and I just got instantly booed off by saying if I have sex with her now is it rape yeah. is that his <laughs> let's not <laughs> think about it yeah, yeah. We, were, we were in that ballpark <laughs> it's weird because the day before she died you could have done whatever you wanted yeah. you said anything, and then probably the day happened. after as well yeah. <laughs> but not on the day not, the, not, on, not the day. on the day but I had when I did, the first time I did the bear pit in Twickenham I was. They introduced you as an, they introduced from off stage. Did that happen with you? There's, yeah. Usually there's a compare. Uh, they introduced from off stage. Yeah. And he goes, "Now welcome the open spot, Richard Herring." And people just boo. <laughs> so I walked on stage, <laughs> just to a wall of people booing without me having even. Uh, you know, they haven't even seen me, and they were booing. And so then I actually did my ten minutes, but the booze just, just carried the booze. The booze yeah. just carried. So and I remember going back, and I went. It's at St Margaret's Station, right? Yeah. yeah. I had to walk back to St Margaret's Station, and then I was living in Acton. It was quite a complicated journey to get back there, and the trains were really every half an hour. And I remember sitting there thinking, "Oh God, I want to kill myself." I live. I live. That pub is my local now. Is it? Don't say, yeah, yeah. Weirdly, but the, the world. I did. I had two. I mean, I had a few bad gigs. One gig, I had a, a fist fight with a businessman in the front row. Good. And never, never got asked back. <laughs> And the second worst gig was in a-, a place in Acton. Yeah. And I'd done like a really long shift waitering in the morning. I'd taken a ton of Pro Plus because I was knackered. Yeah. And then I had to travel all the way across from Cricklewood to Acton and it was raining. And I got there and there was 12 people in the audience, 11 of which were a football team. <laughs> and the, the, the compare started some fucking terrible heckle war between him and the... But instead of seeing it out, he then handed it over to me. That's over, Nick Frost. Uh, and I went on stage, and I, lit- I literally just pulled the mic out, and someone said, get off, you fat cunt. Uh, and I went, uh, I went like this. And that was it. And then I walked off, and I went, and I just went home. I just couldn't, it was too much. I was, I was, I had lots of very bad, I mean, I persisted, and then I gave up, actually, and then I came, came back to it years later, but I, I had a gig where I um, kicked someone in the head in the audience, but I was, I was, it's similar to where we are now, if you were here, it was like this, so people's heads are very much, you're on stage, oh, that's perfect. and there was a guy just being a bit cheeky, and I was having to go, and I was, my, some of my friends are in the audience as well, it's one of those ones where it's not, it's not going very well, and you can, you're really feeling... And this guy was going, I sort of just looked into and so I meant to sort of tap him in the head to shut him up. Like, kicked him quite hard. That's so my, my friend, my friend's going, yeah, remember that gig where you kicked that guy in the head? That's in the documentary Dig, isn't it? That's you <laughs> yeah, in the... John, Brian Johnson. I think uh, Neil Morrissey was in the... Or I think it was before... When you know you'd been in Boone... <laughs> Do you remember yeah, sure. And I think he then was for the money from Boone. I think this is the same gig. He bought a pub and they did comedy in it. Oh, and right. so Neil Morrissey, it was before Men Behaving Badly, so it was in the kind of interim period. It was very weird. After like, the Boone Millions yeah, he, uh, rolled in. Yeah, he, uh, he, he witnessed that, Neil Morrissey. 
the sad little celebrity. Uh, Did you ever see him afterwards? Did you ever no, talk about it? I think he might have gone hello to me at the bar. And, you know, but... He's terrified. Be frightened of you. Yeah, he probably is. I was, I was the hard, we were both the hard men of similar. Yeah. You know, perhaps <laughs> people had heard about your gig, thought, oh, it's the fucking guy who punches businessmen. Yeah. He, now he's kicking guys in the head with people. Maybe that's it. Maybe I was hitting reputation. one while holding another under <laughs> in my arm like that. Was that the mid? Was that the mid nineties? Was that been? Well, was that early early nineties? It might have been. Uh, it was like twelve years ago. Right. Whatever oh, that okay. is. Okay, so it was, it was after. It was well, long uh, after. Uh, I was pro- probably people saying, "Oh, it's that guy who kicks people in the head. He's back again." Yeah. <laughs> is that really hearing? Fight fighting people. That's cool. So then, um, yeah. So spaced. Yeah. Massive hit, but you did go back and work at the restaurant did, in between yeah. the two series. I went back to another restaurant, a different oh, one. You? Yeah. Old Orleans, a taste of the deep south. Uh, <laughs> I remember all their little taglines as well. Uh, Mainly sort of things that in the, the the south of America, though. Yeah. That was your speciality. Yeah, I mean, we had a swamp and turf, which yeah. was steak and alligator, which was wow. quite nice. It was a big seller, big seller. <laughs> Sounds good. You ever attempt to go back to waiting? Did you get the? I don't know. No, no. God, I hope not. I think I'd still be good I was a good waiter I think waiting taught me how to act uh, in terms of you had to be a different character to every different customer you had to uh, change your style of service for different people yeah did you ever I had a friend who was an actor who was a waiter and it was, you know, he was quite a snooty guy, and he was quite an upper crust guy, and he was just making. And he, you know, I remember once someone gave him a tip of six pence, mm. uh, and he, uh, which even in the 1990s was a, a small tip. Uh, and, um, and he kind of chased them down. He went after them and threw it Thank down you. the stairs yeah. and said, "Thanks for the fucking tip." And then he got sacked for that because he couldn't. Yeah. Did you ever lose? Because if you like, you think you'd lose your temper more in a restaurant situation than in a comedy club. Or you always... uh, I was quite. I mean, I was a good waiter, so usually I didn't get bad tips. I mean, I. I <laughs> I keyed someone's car once with a, <laughs> with a 50p. Uh, he, no, you don't say, oh, he was uh, an, an absolute monster. Serving yeah. him was a- absolutely awful. Uh, you know, he was one of those people that just wanted to bel- belittle you in front of a group of m- friends. And yeah. uh, I wasn't having it, so I went out. And, uh, yeah, I did his car. <laughs> Did you know which car you, did you see? Him I watched him come in because right. I was standing by the um, the place where the menus are given out, watching them park up and come in. So I knew who he now, was. Now you've said that, he can now sue you for the damage Good. done that car. He might have listened to this. Yeah. It's the kind of, it sounds like the kind of idiot who would listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might be in trouble. Uh, and did, did you get recognised when you were on the TV? A couple of times. Yeah. They, you know, I'd be given a drop in a bill and they'd say, are you Mike from space? And I'd be like, <laughs> Sometimes like, once I said no, and then the other time I kind of went, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because when people come to me and say, you're Nick Frost, I go, no, no. no. So they, they probably think you're a grumpy cunt as well. They, are you I someone telling you Richard really Herring? Rude. No, 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 no. <laughs> someone once came up to me and said, are you Stuart Lee? And I said, no, no, I'm not. And he said, you fucking are. <laughs> he said, yeah. I, said, I said, I'm really not. And I got quite arsy with him. I was with a girlfriend at the time, and we were having a bit of an art. You know, people come up to you at an odd moment in your time, and I was, I was quite arsy. So I hope he did think I was Stuart Lee. And then the story goes, and he goes, yeah, I saw that fucking Stuart Lee saying he wasn't himself. <laughs> he's a, What's he he's got to hide? <laughs> and so, I mean, it, that, that's kind of incredible. And then this thing took off, and then you were away, really. How, how did you meet up with... Uh, was Edgar just involved in, in space? Is that how you met Edgar? Oh, right? yeah, he directed space. But he, you know, he was uh, around. He was, you know... Uh, him and Simon knew each other and because I was Simon's mate then I met Edgar and we kind of hung in a group with um, 
you know, David Williams and Matt Lucas and Jess and just, you know, hanging yeah. around and having a laugh and that. And then it, st- you know, it became serious. Yeah. Then it became serious. Then it became serious. <laughs> well, I don't know what my voice went like that. And at that point, it became serious. <laughs> And uh, there's a nice thing I saw about you when you were skint that you used to... Is this right? You used to go, travel around on buses just looking at London. Yeah, I did. That's nice. That's a nice little detail. Yeah, I had, like, um, what was ever before an iPod, like a cassette, like a bag of cassettes. Yeah. And I'd have, like, uh, a little Walkman on, and I'd, I'd listen to the Smiths so on my just, Discman. You just pay one fare to get on the bus. And uh, yeah, and just travel call. around. And I'd also uh, trawl second-hand shops looking for... That could have gone a different way, couldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I now to, we're uh, fucking getting there. I used to <laughs> trawl the penguin, the penguin <laughs> quarter looking for dead or dying birds. Uh, yeah, like my, my, aim, my aim was to find a first edition... Uh, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a book, of a novel, and right. I always knew that a good first edition would be worth money. Right. And that was, that was my... Kind of, of any book at all? Well, I mean, a good one, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> Did you I find mean, any? Uh, I, well, I found a first edition... Uh, Close Encounters is my favourite film of all time. So when I was, like, 19 or 20, I found a first edition of the Close Encounters novella written by Spielberg. Mm. And then, obviously, working on Tintin with Spielberg years later, I brought him the book. Yeah. Uh, and he was amazed by it. He said, this is amazing. And he signed it. He wrote this really lovely thing. Uh, and it's now in a safe. Right. Uh, <laughs> so I thought, you know, I kind of needed the money a bit more when I was 19. I can't go back now and give <laughs> young me that book. But, you know, it was, it, it was a nice kind of cycle of... Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of astonishing thing, I guess, that you can go from... That, that can in 12 years you can yeah. go from being a waiter and meeting a guy making a noise to working with Steven Spielberg yeah. that's it's sort of a, it's, it's easy of, it's easy it was really easy how do you do it how do I do it how can I <laughs> can I come and present to why don't we do a sort of Prince and the Pauper thing oh, we'll swap. where I swap lives and no one knows <laughs> And then I can go and meet Steven Spielberg. The problem will be that I will not be cool when I meet him. I don't think he'd know any difference, to be fair. No. (laughs) (laughs) He wouldn't know. Um, so, uh, let me see where I'm going to go next. I was going to say, yes. You were writing a novel as well when you were working in the... Yeah. How, I'd like to hear about your novel. What was your novel? Uh, it was cool. I'm going to mainly talk about him in his restaurant, which I don't think most, I don't think most interviewers would concentrate <laughs> so much. Most people are going, tell me about working with Peter Jackson. Fuck that. What was your novel that you were what writing What were your about? free staff meals like? <laughs> uh, uh, well, I, I fell in... Uh, in love with a girl after I came back from Israel and I wanted her I mean she was really really beautiful she was one of those ones who was really out of my league but somehow it my 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 comedy um wooed her and uh I wanted her to think that I was this kind of writer and so I thought I think I'm gonna write a novel about my time in Israel and it was called An Alcoholic's Guide to the Holy Land. Uh, and I didn't have a table when I was, you know, where we lived. So I, uh, every day I sat and wrote on an ironing board uh, with a typewriter. And, uh, yeah, I wrote a, I wrote a novel. How was it? Was... You could probably publish it now. Yeah, it's, fuck, it's terrible. <laughs> it's awful. Uh, there's but probably a thousand is... spelling mistakes every sentence. <laughs> but you were very young when you went... You were, like, 17 or 18 when you went to the... Yeah, I was 18. Because that's very young. I mean, I had a year off and 
you're such an idiot, basically, aren't you? In that kind of time. Oh, I was a real so, idiot in Israel. Yeah. Yeah. Just. I mean, not just you. I meant one, but. Yeah. <laughs> you, when you're 17, I imagine was an idiot. Oh yeah, I was a real idiot, a proper what idiot. What did you do on it? Because I heard about kibbutzes, and I never, I didn't realise they still carried on as late as. Yeah. You, we could have. What do you do on a kibbutz? Uh, I I worked physically very hard, nice. and then we finished work at one o'clock, and we ended up get, just getting smashed every day, all day, every day. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's with, it. With Israelis? Some, pardon me. No, I, generally the Israelis kept themselves to themselves. They, right. We were subhuman to the Israelis. You know, we were shipped in like meat bags and we did the work and we lived in shit houses uh, <laughs> with horrible bed bugs. And, um, you know, I think they just saw us as a disruptive influence to the, to the community and... We were kind of uh, pushed to the, to, to the side. But the, the longer you stayed, the more you committed, the more they started to like you. Right. So after like a year and a bit, I was invited <laughs> to sit with Israeli families uh, right. at Shabbat meal and stuff. And it's like I had arrived. I had my own room. <laughs> I didn't have to share with four others. Um, you know, it was a real cushy set up toward the end. Once you've been there for 12 months, you're kind of big, it's like... Yeah. I was moved Stockholm from... Stockholm Syndrome, from, from, basically. You've kind of, yeah. If I'm being used as a slave, and now I love the people yeah. who are doing this to me. Yeah, I was yeah. moved from, um, you know, working in the chicken farm, and, uh, you know, uh, toward the end, I was like a heating engineer, and I had a little van, I got to drive a van around, and they, you know, they trusted me. How do they sell this to you when you're going to go out there? Do they say it's going to be amazing? Free drink! Be- <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they kind of took care of everything you needed in terms of, um, you know being fed and clothed and razors and free cigarettes and a free disco with, with free beer twice a week and right. just lots of very attractive South African and, um, you know, Australian girls and, you know, it, it, was, good. it was a good, good time. <laughs> wait, 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 you should go. You <laughs> <laughs> Were there many 45-year-old men? Uh, no, 40 is <laughs> the cut-off. <laughs> is it? Yeah, oh. I couldn't go back now. Miss. Which makes me feel bad, makes me feel old. Yeah, we are old, and I'm older than you, so fuck you. <laughs> uh, now, the thing I wanted to talk to you about that I mustn't forget to talk to you about, I've talked about you on a podcast before, with when I did a podcast with Andrew Collins. I'm a big fan of much of your work. Okay, thank you. But... Uh, hang on. Yeah. Movie Mistakes Uncovered Uncut. Uh, no, I don't no. know. I, um, in The Boat That Rocked... Oh, yeah. And it's funny, we were talking about rape. We uh, were? Yeah. You, you, you're involved in a kind of comedy rape scene in the boat that I found, <laughs> that, I found that I found quite offensive. But did, did, you, did that strike you? There's a, there's, a, there's a scene in the boat that rock where Nick's character it's Nick, Nick. It's not me. I suspect Nick would do the same. <laughs> <laughs> it was based on something that happened to me. Lures, lures a woman back to his uh, a young girl back to his yeah. Uh, you, woman, you have to say like, young girl, and make <laughs> yeah. it even year old girl back to his cabin. <laughs> And uh, then invite someone else who's, you know, an attractive young man. To, yeah. And then she, they're going to have sex, but it all falls apart and they don't have sex. Yeah, because he's but a virgin. Yeah, he's a virgin, so you're going to help him lose his virginity yeah. by raping a woman. <laughs> Is that comedy? Laughing so gaily. <laughs> um, when Richard Curtis pitches it to you, it yeah. doesn't sound like rape. <laughs> uh, it sounds great. Uh, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't question it. Did sadly. anyone ever mention that at the time to you, that it was a... No, just me. No, Your Honour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't just, think anyone can blame you. You're an actor. I just wonder if you ever presented... Do you, if you get presented with a scene and you thought, hold on, this is a bit... 
uh, dodgy, are you able to go, I don't want to do it, or do you have to... Um, I think you'd probably have to say something before you got to the point where you were just about to shoot it. Yeah. You know, you'd have to bring the, it up. The scene, uh, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. You'd have to bring it up in rehearsals yeah. or... But no, I mean, so far... No one um, else has no, that. No, no. I, th- I think it's the, a low point in British cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. I'm no, just, okay. I, feel like I, should have, I, should have left it, I should have left it to the end of the interview because now there's going to just be an awkward tension. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved, uh, loved, I loved Shaun of the Dead. That was great. Thank you. Where are you killing zombies uh, yeah. and stuff? I have no moral problem with that. that zombie. <laughs> with you killing zombies with LPs, I think that's a good thing to do. So you... Uh, you yeah. made up for it with that. I saw Sade once in a, in a hotel after, after <laughs> Shaun of the Dead, and she gave me a really dirty look. And she, was, she was bogging at me, and I kind of went like that. And she went... And she just turned away. Aww. So you upset people, don't yeah. you, in, the, in the, this life? Was that... The Boat the Rock was all kind of based on, like, the real on antics? On an actual rape, the yeah. Real, <laughs> the real antics of the... Uh, rape. No, I don't think it that was. was. Uh, I mean, part... Just Richard... I should be blaming I'll get Richard Curtis on and I'll talk part, to him about yeah, it. Yeah, speak to Richard. I yeah. think, uh, you know... I think a lot of it was uh, based on fact, and a lot of it was, you know, Richard's lovely... Lovely imagination. Yeah. Um, we did get some old DJ saying it wasn't like that. We didn't have that much fun. That's what they. That's yeah. what they're saying. I did a thing with Johnny Walker. He wanted me to come into the to the studio to to see how he, you know, see how he worked, and uh, he made like a real fuss of getting me in. He pulled the chair in and sat me down, and uh, I was in. I was in there for five minutes, and then uh, he he just said, "Okay, you've got to leave now." Uh, and he opened the door and I had to go and that was it and that was, I, I hadn't done anything I just sat there and just watched what he was doing and then when he put a tune on and I was saying so Johnny what uh, you know when you were and he just had enough I think, right. I think it was just cramping him having someone yeah. sitting on, hi- on him <laughs> and you know it was too much for him did you uh, smell my fart backstage when I did I didn't it? no um, I'm, I'm relieved about that. I mean, there was a lot. You wafted it, and I, I saw wafting, you wafting it. I was it, politely I, wafting it away. I was upset that I'd seen the wafting because <laughs> I, I mean, I knew, I knew what had happened. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to ask you. Probably wanted to smell it a I, bit. I think you'd have been interested. I had um, like a sort of chicken and bean soup for lunch today, ah. and it's never a, the bean thing is never. A, I should have thought ahead. So, uh, <laughs> um, I ask all my guests this question, Nick. Yeah. Have you ever tried to suck your own cock? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, A lot. Someone just on. That's the first, first honest man. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, I have. Yeah. How'd it go? How'd Good. It go? Uh, Could you re- do it? Really well. No, no I was re- probably... <laughs> Seriously, I was probably five inches from the helmet. Um, and I ended up just coming into my mouth from that distance. But, uh, um, no, I'd never got it in. <laughs> I'd been, I had committed, and I was afraid that if I had come, come down from the position I was in... The so ch- was, the... Let's just get this. So was the idea of you, even though you couldn't do it, the idea of you being able to suck your own cock was so exciting that you still and ejaculated. Me on, yeah. yeah. Well, I was there. It was ready. Uh, yeah. I think I'd gotten to a point in, in, in the wank where I thought, I'm going to try this. And then I got back there uh, and it was too late. 
at that point. I think the the actual physical, <laughs> the physical, you know, act of me trying to, it just fell out. I didn't come. It just, <laughs> it fell out like a solid plastic rod. <laughs> God, I may not be able to carry. <laughs> oh dear, that's the <laughs> that's the most I've laughed in any of these so far. Oh, there have been some very there have been some very funny. It's things. funny because it's true. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny and true. <laughs> we may have to take a break as they wipe tears from my face. And I, you know, now I've just imagined it. So. Um, <laughs> Well, let's go on to what you're working on now, because we may be... Um, no, I mean, it's ridiculous how uh, time flies by when you're talking about sucking your own cock. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, when you're asking all the important questions... This is a big interview. I was thinking this is a bit like Frost Nixon, isn't it? But it's yeah. Frost Herring, isn't it? Yeah. It is. If they, ever, they might make a film they with this one. They might make a film with this one day. I can't wait for Mike Rasheen to talk about <laughs> this. The, the beige rod falling they out might. of his dick. <laughs> <laughs> make, make, I think if they make the film, you'll probably play both parts. So they'll just do a split screen thing, and you'll be Richard Herring as well. I go, can I play Richard Herring in this film? No, Nick, Nick Frost. Frost. We got Nick Frost. How about Nick Frost? No, Nick Frost is playing Nick Frost. Michael Sheen is Nick Frost. <laughs> uh, good. So what are you? You're doing a dance. You're doing. I am. What the sol- salsa dance? Yeah, I'm doing a another film kind of Cuban Fury. Yeah, you're back there in Central America. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm <laughs> big fan of Cuba. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, every time a lot, every time I talk about this film, I get people laughing like that. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, I think you'll, I think it will really, it's something completely different. I think in terms of what I've done in before, and um, you haven't started filming yet. Been... No, two weeks. We're two weeks away. Yeah. I've tried. I've danced every day for six hours a day for the last six months, and it's. Uh, I'm, I, I don't know why the fuck I even mentioned. I don't know why I had the idea. You came up with the idea. I did. It was my idea, and I hate dancing. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm an, I was an all right dancer before this. Uh, yeah. I think what put me off dancing generally was if I got into a dance and I was enjoying it, I'd get, I'd, I'd catch someone looking at me, and it was that look that went, "Hey, it's quite good for a big guy," <laughs> and it upset me. You know, it, it really upsets me, and it, it was kind of ruined my wedding because I didn't <laughs> want to dance my wife and. We kind of, I just kind of put my hands on her shoulders and we just kind of moved about for five seconds and then yeah. we kind of waved the guests on. And um, so it, I guess it was a, a, it was a device to kind of get over this fear I have of dancing. Yeah. I suppose I, was, I, mean, I, I in our wedding, in our first dance, we just really went for it. And it was, and I hadn't, I was the thing I was most nervous about. I wasn't nervous about the speech. And I hadn't prepared the speech, and I did a really rubbish speech as a result. And I've been really nervous about the first dance. Then we just, I just really went for it and went nuts. I was a bit drunk. But yeah. My we the opposite. My speech was amazing. Was it? Yeah, yeah it was incredible. My, my, my niece came up to me, who's like 20 years old, and said, you're the coolest person I've ever seen as a result of me doing this dance, which no. I was surprised. <laughs> surprised. She's French, though. And, uh, yeah, let's not talk about them, eh? Today, one all. There you are. Split loyalties. Uh, so what, so you've, been, you've been in training for six months doing... Yeah. Doing salsa. Da- salsa dancing. Salsa, New York style, L.A. style, Cuban... So many styles. There is a, there are a lot of styles. I, I didn't, you know, I never yeah. imagined. 
I thought it was just one, one thing. And so what's that, what's that film about? The film is about a guy deciding to... Yeah, he's a, well, it's about this guy called Bruce Garrett who was like a, potentially a world champion as a 13-year-old and um, something happens to him on his way to the world championships. He gets split from the group and, you know, he's a, bit, he's a big shot in the world of junior salsa, but out on the street he's, you know, he's a, he looks like a peacock and he's, <laughs> he's tracked down and attacked by these cool kids and it... it it breaks him essentially, right? And so then we see him. We cut forward twenty five years, and it's it's me, clearly, you know, not a salsa world champion. And mm-hmm. um, this uh, very beautiful American woman comes to work at my office, who's played by Rashida Jones. And uh, I find out that she salsa dances, and it 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 spurs me back into action. So I take it up again. Um, uh, hopefully, that I can woo her through through the medium of dance. I bet you do. I bet that's who knows. I, I do. I bet. I bet. She. She. The end, I bet the end she dies out on the tundra, and I end up <laughs> raping her with my base rod. Now, now you've had this. And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> you see, the ending is different. <laughs> You're going to go in tomorrow. Go. I've had some ideas about this. <laughs> what about this? Read this. <laughs> That's great. And you, you're doing you're the third in your trilogy, the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah, we start shooting, uh, I think, at the end of September at this point. So I'll go straight from Cuban Fury into that. Um, I think it's going to be pretty cool. Edgar and Simon have written a great script. And I'm, you know, I, I, sound, I really caught myself then sounding like a, a knobhead because I was going to say, yeah, you know, I'm just really excited about her. Uh, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think we're going to have a good... A good six months. Well, I think, I'm sure everyone's looking forward to it. What's, what's the uh, what's the premise of the? Are you allowed to say? Uh, no, I won't. I no, won't okay. Say. I'm allowed. Sure, I'm a yeah. forty-year-old man. I can do what I want, but, uh, uh, no, I'm gonna. No. We said too much about things on Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, and then yeah, you know that two-year period where we were making it and thinking about it. People were like, "Where's Hot Fuzz? Where's Hot Fuzz?" You know, it got too much in the end. So now we've decided just not not to say anything and and, and surprise people. What would you say was your least favourite? Simon Pegg film. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to choose from, right? <laughs> there's a lot of stinkers to choose from, I think, um, don't you? Uh, probably Hot Fuzz. Really? No, no. <laughs> no, because I can tell you a lot. It's not for me to say. I'd never say. I'd never say it here. Not here? Never. Will you tell me backstage? Yeah. Because then I'll just come in the next oh, one and say it. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Run, Fat Boy, Run? <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't my no. voice, by the way. <laughs> That wasn't my internal monologue. <laughs> is it the one, the Toby Young one? That's got to be the Toby Young one. What's that one? What, how did it all go up my Oh, house? How to Lose Friends and Alley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, you know what? I, uh, I think we should not talk about this because <laughs> it sounds, I just sound like a... I'm trying to split the two of you up and then he'll go, I'm looking I mean, for a sort of fat, five foot seven <laughs> bloke to be in the next... I just, I, no matter what the film's like, yeah. I like him. I like watching him. He, he, he engages me, and, he, and, I, and I find him funny. I do really like... I mean, I think he's amazing. I'm only messing around. But fat, rum, fat boy run is shit. I always, <laughs> thought, I always thought that I should have been the fat boy, and then you see him training, and he comes out of a... And it's him. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm just jealous, because I had an idea about doing a thing, because I ran a marathon... I can't believe it's like you doing dancing yeah. me doing a marathon and so then I thought that was quite a good uh, idea what was your time? I did uh, 4 hours 17 minutes oh, and 50 seconds just getting inside the 4 hours 18 minute barrier <laughs> the, 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 the mythical yeah. 4 hour 18 minute barrier you beat that uh, you beat that bloke in a diving suit so. <laughs> I beat that 100 year old man <laughs> 
but uh, how do you feel when you seeing him in Star Trek and things like that? When you both, when you were sort of presumably big fans of those those sort of shows. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then how is that? To I, your friend? I, that film in, was amazing. I really like the first yeah. Star Trek. I really like what JJ Abrams have, has done to it, and uh, I've always been. You know, I mean, the same as him. If, if I've always been really proud of what he's done because we've, you know, we've grown up from kids, and I'm never jealous of. of I'm not fucking jealous. Of, <laughs> I, didn't, of, uh, I, don't, I wasn't saying that. You thought it? <laughs> uh, no, you know, I'm just. What, I'm happy to, to to. I'm fucking happy to be here. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm. I like watching him. Yeah, isn't like, it just? Cause I like watching, watching him shit. Uh, <laughs> that's what I felt like I was saying. Then. Well, you slept with him for nine months. Weird brown rod falling out <laughs> into the... Wouldn't it be better if it was all rods? Just... It would be. If there was a God, then he would, that's what would have happened. With, that's, just... that's the proof there is no God. All, ex, all excrement would be in rod shape. And I count sperm as excrement. Yes, I do. So, I'd like to hear a, you know... That's what a poo, that would be the signifier that you've done a poo. So it's a metal, it's not just <laughs> yeah. it's a metal rod. Oh, yeah. And then you can use that. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can use it now. Open you can use it or... compost, I suppose, but you could use it as. You'd push it into the, you just push it into the earth. Proper door open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <look at> <laughs> oh, dear, you're a silly man. And so am I. Um, <laughs> I had a brilliant question. I hate that when that happens. You get to decide just a brilliant question. Um, no, so but it must be odd when. To, 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 aren't you freaked out when you're now working with all these amazing? I don't think about it. I just get on. Uh, I just get on and work. I'm not talking about myself sure. so much today. I'm talking about <laughs> oh, Spielberg right, no, and yeah. Jackson. And um, no, I don't think about it. I just I just get on with it and work hard and try and do my best and and not and not not kill myself through fear. Oh, I'll tell you what I was going to tell you. This is a nice thing to make up for me being rude to you earlier. As I was walking through Leicester Square, there was a woman walking past me on the... She was on the phone and she said, that Snow White, Snow White film you're in was brilliant. She was saying to her friend how brilliant it that's was. Nice. So that's the real public. That they've spoken... You're a dwarf in that. How, do they, how does that work out? There was, a, we, we, there was a bit like a big ray that we walked through in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and it shrunk us down. Right. Uh, a lot of it... It's not as high-tech as you'd imagine. A lot of it was we'd be walking in, in trenches and then the, the other actors were walking on the land above us <laughs> and we'd kind of roll our bodies like that to give the, 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 the dwarf-like appearance. Right. I, could, I should say as well, there's, there's a kind of... There's a, you know there was a hundred dwarf march in, uh, in Outcry at the film because no. they hadn't used dwarf actors. Yeah, well, I was, I, was, I was about to move on to the idea that I must be annoying for dwarf actors. Why, did they, huh? why were they not move, using dwarf actors? They wanted. Uh, I mean, there were dwarf actors on set who were, uh, you know, stunt, stunt guys. And, <laughs> um, you know, because it's fine to say, oh, we'll take 13 inches out of your height. But then when I start fighting a guard and I'm clearly twice as wide as him, uh, the, the illusion breaks down. So uh, we, we went to dwarf college for three weeks and we were... You know, we were paired up with, with, with a dwarf. Mine was called Lewis. And we just spent three weeks wandering around after each other, trying to ape each other's movements. Um, uh, you know, I think you'd have to ask Richard Curtis why dwarfs weren't used. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... So it's quite it, controversial. This, uh, the dwarf actors so. are annoyed about it. I'm surprised they can only get 100. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> there seem... There aren't that many of them. That's the thing. Do you know what I think? They've got it sewn up. There's, you can only have so many Snow White and Seven Dwarf pantomimes because yeah. there aren't... You know, then you have to start just getting children in and stuff. I've heard of a pantomime with Snow White and, the, and three dwarfs. 
uh, one point. It doesn't have to be seven. Why is it but, seven? Uh, can I just say that the dwarves that we play aren't human beings with dwarfism. You know, they are Tolkien-esque dwarves. They're miners. You know, they're, you know, they're gold. Who's that? Someone leaving or someone yeah, coming up a with a, a pistol? Dwarf. Dwarf. Yeah, you know. You have no morality in your films. That's why you take work from dwarves. Whatever the script calls yeah. for, you'll take it. That's yeah. fine. But it's a great I, film. A woman on a phone set in Leicester Square. So that's got to be a good. It's got to be good, right? Yeah. Um, that's enough for me. It is. I think that's. I think that if I was walking down the road and I heard someone say I was listening to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre, she said it was all right. It was all right. <laughs> I'd be surprised, but I'd. <laughs> I'd be delighted by that. And you, it's interesting you were talking about being beaten up in your um, film, the, because you were, you were quite badly beaten up. I was, uh, yeah. What happened with that? Was that uh, I'd been at a party, uh, Joe, Joe Cornish and Adam Buxton's party, like, years and years ago. Don't cheer. Is, this is a serious story about a man <sighs> being beaten up. Don't Woo! cheer, because you've heard the name of someone you like. <laughs> Listen carefully to the interesting story. <laughs> And, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was like 3am and I was in the wrong part of town. I had a really, really horrible moustache, which I think drew them to me. Uh, it was like five, uh, like, 19-year-old boys. Right. And as a man, you get that weird spider sense in you that something bad is going to happen. Yeah. And uh, the ringleader kind of came up to me and the others flanked me. Uh, and you know it's, things are bad when someone says... What are you looking at, you fat cunt? Yeah. Uh, like, from here. Uh, and, it, uh, it, you know, I, I kind of thought, oh, I've, d- I've diffused this, and they wandered off into the service station to get some chicken tikka slices, <laughs> I, Im- I imagine. Uh, and then they walked off behind me. I thought, that's it. We're, we're done. I'm all right. Let's, you know, try and get a cab. And then they just attacked me from behind and just... I think there's nothing else to say apart from... You know, they... And literally kicked me to fuck. Right. Uh, and as a man, I'd always feared this, you know, growing yeah. up in London. You think, this is going to happen to me at one point. And, it, and then it happened. And I remember thinking, it's not too bad, <laughs> while, I was, while I was getting beaten. And then uh, it got to a point where they were taking penalties with my head. They were yeah. taking turns. That was to... worse, though, was it? But it, after about four, yeah. I then remember thinking, I probably, I probably should go to sleep. <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, the last one came in and that was it. And I woke up in the back of an ambulance. But two guys had run in from nowhere right. uh, and, and, and chased them off. So it was over nothing? It wasn't them? No, just, you, it was just no, no, just... no, this was, I mean, before space, Brilliant. you know. But they, they, uh, the attack was so bad, I woke up in hospital and I thought I'd, I'd gone blind because they had kicked my contact lenses out of my eyes. Oh, I was luckily almost exactly the same thing and I was outside a pub and um, I was actually I was trying to get off with some woman and she made a joke about René Descartes but wasn't funny but because I was trying to get off with her I was like, ah, like that and as I looked away I just kind of caught the eye of this guy, big fucking guy yeah. and, and he'd been drinking with his mate and his mate at this point was just sort of slumping down the wall right? so he obviously just punched his mate uh, he caught, he caught <laughs> that was his friend who he knew and I caught his eye laughing and he went what are you fucking laughing at you think it's funny me hitting my friend in the face I was going no 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 I was like 21 years old no no. And I thought, should I describe to him why I was laughing? No, I was laughing a joke by Rennie Descartes. You fucking what? 
<laughs> but he just kind of came for me and he just lamped me and put and I was on one of those you know outside a pub and they've got those trestle tables and I was sort of trapped in one of those I had one leg in and one leg out yeah. and you could I, there was no way I, I would have just legged it if I could have got up and I'd have been able to escape he was gigantic and he would have he would have probably beaten her up yeah <laughs> so he pulled me he pulled me to the ground and he started kicking me he kicked me once in the head but then this very it was a, at the, near the broadcasting house this very little diminutive PA got up and actually grabbed he's had a glass ready to smash into my head wow and uh, she got up and grabbed his thing and talked him out of yeah. hitting me which was amazing because she was tiny and sort of basically I think but that's probably the only person who could have done that you know yeah, what I mean in was. terms of but, soothing a, a maniac but <laughs> the good side of the story I did have sex with the girl hey! I was chatting up <laughs> <laughs> because uh, she thought I might die and yeah. uh, <laughs> so uh, felt sorry for me for having I wish my story. I wish my story had that kind of ending. <laughs> then it was quite awkward for a while. Uh, and then, and how did it end? Yeah, badly. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, still had the still tick. Yeah. That's all they can't say. Yeah. <laughs> I felt very cocky after it. I thought I've had mine. That's it yeah. now. I'm done. And. I did tell the story in the Metro, yes, thank you for pointing that. There's always people here... Yes, he has told that story in the Metro. I did tell it in the Metro, yeah. I didn't say I shagged it, did I? I no, so you, you got some extra value. Thank you, it's good that it's... No, it's good. I, you know, I've, I've only got so many stories. I do, when you think how much podcasts I've fucking done, it's amazing. It's amazing how many times I've, I've failed to tell that. I think you could... Um... I think... I put a bit of a. I didn't put that a in, short PA. I didn't put the bit about the short PA in. No. It's nice, nice to meet a fan. They're having their own. Yeah, I love it. Own, I hope you don't mind. Now there's some people no, over here who want to have a little chat about my is. work. I like it. I, like I don't. You know. You know. I know we brought you out here. I look at this guy over the <laughs> It's very good. Thank you. No, that's good. No, it's, it's nice to have that. It's like this is as close as I get to a woman walking past me with a mobile phone. A woman in my own audience saying, "Yeah, you're quite good." It's a kind of disarming heckle. Yeah, it's good. I've heard this before, but it's good. It was good. I'm glad I heard it again. I thought it was good. It was better the second time. I write. A, I write a weekly column in the Metro. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah. So think about that next time. Right. You're uh, talking to Peter Jackson via video phone. <laughs> Think about that. I get like um, sometimes I get almost two hundred pounds a week for that. Really? So, yeah. Well, that I mean, that's it's money, isn't it? It's money. Dollar. How dollar much do you get? Bills, how much know. do you get for being in a Hollywood film? I imagine not on a weekly basis. That's every week guaranteed. Yeah. Until they tell me to stop. Yeah. I can't imagine you. What you must be on maybe one hundred and fifty pounds a week. Are you if you're doing uh, tin tin? Yeah. 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 So I don't. I don't I'm not a donor. I'm not no, trying I mean... to show off, right? I don't want to belittle my guests. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> like, I was going to ask you one of uh, David Baddiel's questions there by mistake. So what's it like being the sixth sexiest Jew in... Uh... Well, I mean, after my time in Israel, yeah. uh, you know. <sighs> I was oh, this, this, is a, this is a good fact about you, and I didn't think this would be a fact, but I think it is a fact, that you killed Mrs. Overall. I did kill Mrs. Overall, yeah. From Antiques. Yeah. It's pretty good. I don't think I've it? ever seen the episode either. But Did anyone was... know that? No, fuck's sake. That's a... And this is, honestly, my audience is like Wikipedia. They would know. They would know. They'd know everything. Oh, yeah. The manga, and I didn't know. I knew it. Yeah, it's a manga. Yeah. What are you saying over there now? Is it getting all conversations going on? What, what did you... It was her, pointing her out. 
God, you really dobbed her in then. It was her. Mia Farrow in the second row. We'll see what. Yes, Kerry Mulligan. (laughs) That's nicer. I was thinking of Mia Farrow now. (laughs) (laughs) Now she's bitter and angry at Woody Allen. Um, What was what were you saying? Okay, nothing. If you're not prepared to share it with the whole class, then don't say it at all. <laughs> Have you ever worked with Woody Allen talking of Mia Farrow? No. Ah, so you're not, you're not all that great then, are you? I'm not there yet. <laughs> uh, yeah. One day, maybe. I, uh, I've seen like, I many of I his would, films. Would, I don't know would if you I would, would now. Not very good, but uh, the last one was all right. The, the Good Night just... Sweetheart remake he did. I went off. I went off the board. I thought that get. Yeah, Good Night in Paris. <laughs> it's like Good Night Sweetheart, isn't it? That's why it's great. What, what Good Night Sweetheart or Midnight in Paris? He remade the sitcom. Good <laughs> he did. Night Sweetheart. It's basically, it's basically Good Night Sweetheart. In, set in Paris. Yeah, nice. He can travel did back. Did he in win time. an SFX award? Did he travel back in time? I've never. He travelled back in time. Oh yeah. Okay. He travels back to the times of all those. You know. That that look. The, yeah. The... Darley. So now she's getting talkative, isn't she? Now well, she knows now. Oh, Darley's in any. <laughs> I think, shall I talk to Nick? Or, uh, do you mind? <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> We're nearly done. How was it killing Mrs. Overall? She's one of the most loved characters in the world, and you killed her. I just pulled the fucking trigger. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think it was only like a ten-minute sketch for the history of sitcom thing, and yeah. I'd done like, I'd worked out, and my character was like a big cockney, and then a minute before we were meant to do it, Victoria would have said, oh, can you make him a brummy? Uh, and it just ruined it. It ruined me. <laughs> right. Oh, put your fucking hands up. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't work so good. Did anyone see him do that? I think they've said no oh. before. You no, don't have to hammer, hammer home that, the point. Anyone, where did anyone see it? No one saw it. Who's seen... Um, who saw me be the voice of a spider in school's TV in uh, 1993? <laughs> No one did, because I recorded it, but then the tape went wrong and they got someone else to do it. <laughs> that's, what, that's what they said. They got the other Nick Frost uh, to do it. I recorded, imagine getting a job, a really shitty job. I, was playing, I wrote a script and then they said, oh, you can be the little voice of a spider. Then I did it and they went, the tape went wrong. That didn't happen. What was the voice? And then I got, um, I can't remember. I think it was like, uh, uh, the spider's voice. Spider. I can't remember what it was. It was like 20, 20 years ago. I've drunk a lot since then. Right, we're, uh, I think we're, we're nearly at an end. Has anyone got any questions for Nick Frost? They're like, oh, I've been so rude to him now. Let's try and... Do you regalise? You tweeted that earlier, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, you did. What did he, what did he say? I don't think the eagle eye is going to work on a podcast. Do the eagle eyes. It's, well, just, it's it. literally That's... just that. And that's it. Yeah. I should look at you when I do it. Yeah, do it. Let it have, give it the... You've made, you've made that young boy's... He's from the Make-A-Wish Foundation. <laughs> He's got his little starlight hat young... on. <laughs> he has got a Double hat on, so now suddenly I'm worried. Anyway, if he is, he's a heavily tattooed 14-year-old boy. Uh, Maybe that's his affliction. <laughs> just got he has tattooism. Just got worse. They just appear. What a horrible thing that would be. Richard? They would. You know, having tattoos on your face. They just appear. I'm sorry, I lost, came out of the I lost skin, interest like... for a second. <laughs> <sighs> it's been a long, I've got to do another one of these. It's, it's, it's getting hot in here, isn't it? It is hot in Let's here. Let's take up all that clue. <laughs> so, you're very kindly for the competition, which we'll do at the end of the next one. You've yep. donated uh, Paul. Signed. Blu ray, signed. Worth £8. I love Richard Herring, it says. That was before this uh, podcast. And uh, also Hot Fuzz on Blu ray. And also a very and, cool, yeah. uh, very rare Japanese poor poster. Uh, it's pretty cool. It is. Look, that man's excited. That is, so that's it's great. worth £6. 
pounds. <laughs> or but, a million uh, we'll, yen. We'll do that at the end of the David Baddiel. How would you say David Baddiel's name? I'd say David Baddiel. David <laughs> Baddiel. Yeah. yeah. We'll find out. It's one of the, ba- it's one of the questions I'm going to ask him. David how you pronounce Badua- his name. Baduel. Yeah. Now it's getting a bit racist. It's French. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Did you enjoy the football? This, this week, the uh, we didn't lose. It we was quite nice. That's why I think I enjoyed the Jubilee so much, because we won. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, there was no chance of us losing. Did you we like just, the Jubilee? I loved it. I loved it. Would you have gone to Buckingham Palace and performed on stage in front of Her Majesty the Queen if you'd been asked? Yes. I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> eagle eyes. I could have done eagle eyes. <laughs> she loves it. The Queen loves eagle eyes. <laughs> Philip loves eagle eyes. I like to think Philip was hospitalised because his inside cock blew up. Because <laughs> he... <laughs> He needed to do a wee so badly, and he couldn't. He couldn't get off the dais, right? He couldn't move, he couldn't, and he just. It just. It popped. I think the rod of urine was stuck in there. <laughs> well, it was so it long that it pulled out it of the magnet. <laughs> they had to get like a rod of carbon and uh, charge it, and then tease the yeah. uh, electrically charge it and tease it out. Do you remember any of your jokes from your first stand-up set that we could end on? Um... No, I don't think I do. There was a bit about an orangutan in my in my anus. Right. Uh, Sounds pretty. There good. was something about a kid, uh, a kid I went to school with who had a face. He had a, his head was a peanut and it was covered in chocolate and a crisp shell. And we threw him a massive surprise birthday and we jumped out. We said surprise! Oh, his face was a treat. Uh, obviously, that was a long time ago. And now they're M and M's, but it didn't work so well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was that kind of shit, essentially. Look at that! Look at you! They could, be, you could, they you could have done that at Buckingham Palace in front of the Queen. Oh uh, yeah, I would, have, I would have done that, and I said, "Ladies and gentlemen, madness!" Uh, and we've done like that. It couldn't have been as lazy as what Peter Kay did. That's all I would say. So, uh, <laughs> as playing, a, a, <laughs> sorry, uh, it's my it's my own little sad world of jealousy. I'm going to put it back as I found it. Look, it was, good. It was like that. David Baddiel might like it that way. God, imagine, imagine how that joke's going to go down when I'm doing it for the next hour as well. Oh, yeah. When you hear how sick they are of it already, do you hear this? You just hear that silence and someone going, oh. A lot more dwarves will oh, walk out. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had a nice time? Thanks for coming. I've had in. a very nice time. Can yeah. you ask all your Hollywood stars friends to come on uh, Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre yeah. podcast? Yeah. Hooray! <laughs> I, I, I was hoping to prove Nick Frost wasn't as nice a man as he appears and that fame and success had changed him. I thought I'd get him, and I succeeded. To <laughs> <laughs> I think we've seen, think we've seen the real monster behind the mask. Will you please give it up for my fantastic guest, Nick Frost, ladies and gentlemen. You have been listening to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, Rehulus de Purr, with me, Richard Herring, and my special guest, Nick Frost. It was produced by Ben Walker. Music was by Pest, but they're quite nice guys, even though they're called that. Uh, thanks to Orange Mark and the British Comedy Guide, where you can get this if you don't want to go through iTunes. Thank you to Ian Tunes of iTunes as well. This has been a Fuzz and Sky Potato production for the internet. Hooray! How'd you like them sky potatoes? <laughs> Thank you for listening to Rich Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Um, if you've enjoyed it uh, and it's free, that's nice, isn't it? There's lots of things you can do uh, to repay us. Come down and see another show. Unfortunately, the next two shows are sold out. Stuart Lee next week and uh, Graham Linehan and Armando Yanucci the week after. 
but uh, do feel free to download them for free anyway. Uh, you can come and see me doing Talking Cock. If you go to richtang.com and click on gigs, you can see there's lots of preview gigs all around the country, also at the Edinburgh Fringe, and then there's a tour coming up, and those dates are starting going in as well, so it'd be lovely to see you there. Uh, and uh, you can also buy the book, Talking Cock, from www.gofasterstripe.com, along with lots of my other merchandise. Our producer, Ben, has been working on stuff. Uh, he produces Do the Right Thing, which is nearly as high in the iTunes charts as this show, but obviously not as high. Uh, so you can listen to that for free, or if you want to go down and see it on June the 26th, it's at the Phoenix uh, near Oxford Street, uh, near Oxford Circus, and the guest will be, one of the guests will be Katie Brand from the audience of Series 2 of Fist of Fun. If you buy the next series of Fist Fun, you will see her in the audience. Um, but it'd be fantastic if you uh, wanted to do any of those things, but you don't have to. Just listen for nothing. Why not? Who cares? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour or RichardHerring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out. <laughs>